You know what's so weird is, like, I, the one thing I can never get over with the Snap community is that they take snapping personally, and it's like, dude, that's one of the major mechanics of the game. I don't... Do, do you know what I mean? Of course I know what you I mean. I don't get that. I. It's so weird to me that, like, you if you snap and you're like, okay, my hand is good... This is the way the game works. I I feel confident, like my, uh, I'm I'm snapping, and then you know turn like like you snap or whatever. Maybe the enemy doesn't even snap because they're worried about it, and then it just turns out that like on turn six or whatever, you it, it wasn't as good, and the enemy had something to to beat it, and then they'll like sit there spamming like Thanos snap. Like yeah, I know I snap. I I mean I snapped. It was like a part of the game. It's what you're supposed to do. Like I made a an educated guess, kind of. I made a bet that I had a good hand, and then... Like, imagine if in poker, someone's like, I'm all in, and then someone quietly sits there, and then they play out the rest of the hand, and then after the hand is done, they just sit there and they're like, I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in, and they just sit there, like, snapping and staring at you, I'm all in. Like, what? Yeah, I... I yeah, I was wrong. I made a bet, but that's, like, the game. What a world. Oh my god, it's so hot. I hate this fucking weather. I don't know what it is, but some people hate this weather. What are you, what are you up to? Are you ready to cast? I'm yeah, using, we could cast about the I'm, games that I'm using exists. some of this. I'm using some of this previous stuff I've been recording for five minutes. Um, thankfully, no one said some of the horrible words. No gamer words. But I'm editing that out. Sometimes I sometimes I like tell a joke and that, do you, you, this. I mean, the answer is going to be yes. But do you ever tell a joke and then you're like, wait. The way that the joke came out seems like there's a bit of truth to it, and there's not, and now it worries me. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. No, you don't. Jokes know. are half meant. That's what Jamie used to say. Jamie from Street Fighter. Jamie from uh, Kevin Kleinaverse. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, Jamie from well, Jamie from Street Fighter is also Filipino. What do you want me to do about it? What do you want to do about it? You know. All right, we have to begin. Um. This begin is, what? Begin, what begin, talking begin talking so that I can put my AC and fan back on. Just just turn it on. No, it's so loud. It's 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 awful in the recording. Just I do move what your I do. Microphone away. I do. It doesn't matter if I put the microphone away. It picks it up. Can you hear mine? No, but I. I no, you can't. No, yours is like gotta be fancier or something, or I don't know. Do you have a um a dampener over your microphone? No. Well, put a dampener over your microphone. You could literally put a sock over it. Oh, gross. No, I'm not talking to a sock. Well, all right, well, then suffer. You put a sock on yours? No, I have a I have a dampener. Oh, wow. Look at this. Professional podcaster. 10 years. 300 episodes. Professional podcaster. Look at me. Don't you have, like, a nicer microphone than me, though? Um, but, then you just, but then you just, like, raw dog your microphone? How? You shouldn't... Like, like, what is normalized raw dogging a microphone? Why do I have to? I bought the expensive microphone. I bought another Yeti Blue, um, that's black, and um, I'm sure that there's I, software that you can use to dampen the noise. I don't know if there's yeah. software. Um, it's WTG a pop filter. You know, that's what they call it—a pop filter. But it's not. A, but it wouldn't be a pop filter. That pop filter for plosives, not for fans. Well, listen. I mean, that's what I've got going on. WTG for the week of July the 17th be with you. It's been a while since we've done one, and... It's because there's no games. I mean, there is games, but it's, like, 
updates. There's like free games. There's updates. There's I feel like it's more games. updates on the games that are the games okay, that well are then Tell me about DNF Dual Spectre. Go on. All right. Do it. Um, I'm not playing DNF Dual Spectre. I feel sad yeah. for DNF Duel because don't I don't feel bad for them. They don't give a shit about that game. I well, feel, I, feel some bad people for do. the people who bought in. Some people do. I I, I feel bad for like the develop. I feel bad for aiding because I, because I think at the end of the day, it's it's Tencent or it's Neopol. It's Neopol that 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 does it, and they probably just said, no, we're not doing. DLC. Why do we got to do a DLC? It's enough that we're doing the game, and then aiding might have said like, no, you know, this is how this works. Unless, unless it's aiding that's stupid, and then maybe the publishers are like, no, you really should do a season. I and mean, then... there's some there's some cool stuff in the game too. I mean, like it's got decent uh, netcode, right? Yeah, it yeah. does have it, do, it does have good netcode, better than Street Fighter, I think. But uh, that's, Ooh. yeah, that's one of my hot takes this I this this wow. this week um, is that Street Fighter's netcode is is way overrated. It's not that good. It's good. Go on. It's not good. It's not good, and I, I've had way more problems on it than any other recent fighting game that has rollback. And the other thing that that I have seen people agree with is that when Street Fighter rolls back, it seems like it 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 drops your inputs. So I, I had one day that like uh, friend of the show Galloway, um, thank you Ryan Galloway and Bumpier for the use of music. We use the intro and outro. Bumpier, come on, dude. The, uh, you get you it. Can, together, you can get man. it oh, off the new album God. Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at uh, YouTube where you can find links to all their merch. Um, and he was watching, and he watched as I was doing, as, as I was playing online. And, you know, everyone, and it wasn't so bad, like most of the time it was fine. And there'd be like a little hitch here and there. And then while I was doing combos, sometimes there'd be a hitch and then it would just drop. The combo would just drop and my inputs would just drop during it. And that it, so it doesn't feel like rollback the way that... Strive feels better. Strive definitely feels better where I'm never thinking about combo timing when there's lag. Um, and it just, it like, it, it, everything is moving s- smoothly, but then you have, like, some rollback kind of things where where it looks like you see the startup of one move, but then something else comes out. But usually it doesn't affect you that much unless the lag is so bad. It, like, doesn't matter that mm-hmm. there's a few weird frames here People and love there. it. What? People love it. They love it. I don't love it, and then you love it. You, and you're then talking in Street Fighter, about it. there's so many there's so many problems with this. It's like the rollback is not as good. All right, well, you and know. then on top of that, the Street Fighter community. Oh my God, what is wrong with you guys? If if you one and pl- done, if you play Street Fighter, one let me done, talk. Baby. Let me talk to you right now. If you are one and done, just stop it. Just stop it. Stop everything. Stop what you're doing. Take Street Fighter. Uninstall it right now. You're done. You're not trying to get any better. If you, if you, you, the only acceptable reason to not play someone in the full best of three is because there's bad internet problems. That's well, it. What They're, if my wife just brought home dinner? That's not an acceptable reason. You can wait. I had to. You can wait. No. Yes, you can. What if she needs help. What if she needs help bringing the groceries out of the basement? She can wait. No. This is Street Fighter. There's someone else. I've one and done. Other... Someone literally wants. It's it it's infuriating. Reason. It's infuriating how much and and you people, know what you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. People are obsessed with their rating. Yeah. They're obsessed with their rating. They're obsessed with their numbers. This isn't just a Street Fighter thing, uh, and it's it's ruining gaming, right? Yeah, it's ruining gaming. Can't you can you think of uh, situations where someone has thought too much about their rank compared it to others, and then just uh, 
hated the game, hated the games they're playing. It's sad. Right. Can, can it's I reality. think it, I mean, it's a reality for our friend group. It's a reality for me. I, I It is a reality for me. I, I know that. I mean, like, the, the, the ratings... I understand why they mean so much, because if you're playing, like, even if these Fairweather Street Fighter fans, if they're not playing so much, or they're or this is the first fighting game they're investing in or whatever, or they're doing well, then when you spend a lot of time doing something and it has, like, a rating attached to it, then I think the rating becomes a part of your personality. I understand that. If you, if you spend all your time playing Marvel Snap and you're, like, rank 50 or something, then that probably feels bad, you know? Um... Um, I guess so. I would think so. And if you're, and if you spend all your time playing Street Fighter and, you know, you, you feel like your rating is not indicative of it, like, I, I would think that feels bad. But, but the problem that I, I just, just don't understand it because it's, it's a game about getting better and about learning. And if you are so weird that you're like, oh, I barely beat them because they started to figure out all my dumb tactics and I'm just going to leave. Um, and one and done. Like, I, I, I had so many one and dones where it's like, I don't even understand why it makes sense. Like, it, if, 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 like, it, sometimes people will, like, beat the, beat the shit out of me, and then they one mm. and done me. And then it's like, but what, like, but you, you don't think you can win it again? Like, why, like, let's... No, their wife I, has groceries in the basement. They don't, everyone doesn't have wives, and everyone doesn't have groceries. Some people don't have groceries. Well, what about the DoorDash man is there? I heard, I've seen some, uh, ads on Twitch TV that the... Uh, the DoorDash man is outside, and you got to go get the food. The DoorDash, it doesn't matter that the DoorDash man is out there. You don't got to sign for it. Let the DoorDash man leave the things. That's how I do it. Mm. Anyway. You live in the suburbs where someone won't steal your food. Anyway, one of the more Off your the wild things is that um, at this point in time, um, most of my characters are... Uh, should we uh, talk uh, about games? Yeah, we should uh, talk uh, about games, right? So three, three of my like characters that I'm playing, um, Dalsim, Guile... I don't really play Guy all that much. Uh, Dalsim and Jamie are platinum. And your best character, Guile. And my best character that I don't play, Guile, are platinum five. And okay. that, that means that I fight. You're going to break through? I, I, I want to, but the games are hard. They definitely get sweatier at uh, at that, that plat level. And um, I mostly just fight diamond ones now. Um, I've fought yeah. a few like higher diamonds, but I mostly fight diamond players. And... For whatever reason, Diamond is only one and done. Diamond is about winning the because one Because they game. just care about their rating. They just That's care it. about their they rating. Just, like, they can't they lose all, their... They their... all realize that once they get to Masters, uh, they'll uh, be able to quit their jobs and stream on Twitch for a living. Yeah. So they got to one and done you until they can get all the way up there, you know? Yeah. Um... And if you're playing a character like Dalsim, they think to themselves... Uh, I won this matchup, but I don't understand this character, so there's a good chance I just lose, so I'm out, you know? Disgusting. That's the thing. Disgusting. That's the thing. You know I'm right, though, right? Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a wonderful time in Street Fighter. I feel like I'm playing Blanca, one of the the alleged best characters in the game, right? Uh, Some people would say that. I don't know. <laughs> if I 15% of people would say that. Liberals would have you believe that Blanca is uh, the ideal man. This is what they and, want. Uh, this is the future they want. Liberals want people walking around and being green and light and using electric. That's what the future that they want. That's what liberals want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. They uh, accept people of all colors and skin tone, and they prefer clean energy, right? They prefer so, clean ergo, energy. Ergo, Blanca is the peak of hum is the peak of humankind. Well, you know what? So, but I'm having a good time. I feel like. Um, this is the most I've liked any Street Fighter game, and probably the most I've liked any non-anime fighting game. 
I mean, I did like that uh, that platform fighter, that uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, for the Nintendo Switch, where everyone is there and you could play as uh, King K. Rule. That was pretty good. Yeah. You could play as Joker, right? You could play as Joker from Persona, but you never did that, did you? I did that. You didn't. You did a you little played bit. The DLC. A little bit. I think the Joker was one of the, right? the earlier DLCs, I believe. He was. He was right after Piranha Plant, right? Yeah, Piranha Plant uh, was so fun. Whatever. But, but I'm digging it. I'm I'm liking this uh, this Street Fighter. Uh, it feels fair most of the time. It feels like, um, and by that I mean when you lose, it's easy to look back and realize what you could have done. I I think that it's fairly easy to understand um what the mistakes you've made like moves that you failed to punish uh and things like that and maybe it's not maybe i'm just like i'm just attuned to it but i i feel like i've had like a pretty smooth onboarding process into it i'm plat three i think i'm about to be plat four so i feel like um diamond is within the realm of possibility for me if i if i keep playing mm-hmm. that doesn't feel too I mean, at the start, I thought it would feel grindy, but it's 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 not too bad. Like, I, get, I feel I, like um, that said, I do feel like my win rate is around seventy percent in ranked matches. So I am surprised that the climb isn't a little bit faster, considering how high my win rate is. But it's fine. Yeah, um, it is a weird thing that uh, pri- so there's like rookie, which you can't go even into after you get out of it. Um, Iron bronze gold and iron bronze and gold uh have win streaks so if you're winning a few games in a row you start to like explode out of those ranks once you get to platinum there's no more win streaks and it is very grindy um uh you kind of go one weird thing about it is that you generally just go up if you're 50 50 um most wins are happen around 50 and most losses are like 40 so if you're kind of like you know, winning half your games, you're, you're, you're kind of going up a little bit, but there's which also, yeah. I mean, and I also don't like that. I don't like the idea that like you get more from winning than you do from losing all the time. So that means that technically if you grind long and hard enough, uh, you'll climb. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's good. I mean, you still, you still do that. I think, I think winning 50% of your games is a little bit hard. Like if you get to a rank where you, there's ranks where you can't do that anymore. Yeah, I think like if you get high enough, it's like you're if if you aren't if you're winning fifty percent of your games in Diamond, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, have you played any of the other modes in Street Fighter? Have you played World Tour? No, it's fun. Uh, I could see um, there being other more pressing games, but I feel like uh, if if I didn't have other single player games to urgently play, that I'd be into it. Yeah, I I understand. I I think there's a lot of cool things that it sounds like there's a lot of cool elements to it, but. For me, usually fighting games are training mode, combo trials, and ranked. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the um, the story mode is kind of like a Yakuza story mode. I, I feel like we've talked about it enough yeah. in the last podcast, but I, I feel like this is just like a, a solid game overall, even if you're a yeah, new I think to I, I, games. I, yeah, I still feel like if you're new to fighting games or if you're the kind of person that like wants to play a fighting game but is afraid of online, there's so much for you. Uh, there's so much for you to either never play online or to condition you to play online. Um, or if you're someone who's like, you know, afraid of certain things like inputs, you're like, oh, I, you know, I'm not comfortable with the inputs or, you know, you, for, for whatever reason, um, there's, there, there's ways to, that they 
teach you the inputs. There's ways that you can just go around yeah. entirely with the modern controls that change that. Um, so, so yeah, I still I still think it's like one of the best. I, if not, it might be like the best ever um, job that they've done with onboarding. Um, sure. That, that said, I think I think that it is. Uh, now that we are, you know, like a little bit over a month or whatever into the game's life cycle, um, I think it is one of the hardest, if not the hardest fighting game I've ever played. I think it'll probably be remembered alongside like Third Strike. And it's not necessarily because of the inputs, which are weird because, and, and a lot of people are complaining about different aspects of the inputs. Like, um, uh, they're like inputs are like strict about some things and not strict about other things. And like, I just feel like I wish that they would do a quick tune pass on what the game is looking for with certain inputs. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, no need to get too deep. Into it's it, the, yeah. the thing that, that still is like really, really hard is just that there are just so many parts of the game to be taking into consideration. I, I really do like, I, I, I can't get over how elegant the drive gauge is. I love that, there's this gauge that um, controls everything. It's it like it's your EX moves. It's your drive impact, which is you know like if, if you didn't watch, listen to the last one, it's like a giant focus attack, which would means what I mean to say is like it's this huge forward moving attack that absorbs three attacks and on a hit it like crumples an enemy and allows for like a huge combo after it. And then there's parrying, which also requires the drive gauge. Um, yeah, like EX moves being drive gauge and chip, which I think is one of the coolest things is the fact that like chip damage doesn't hurt your health. It hurts your drive gauge, which is a way that they like made chip more relevant than it's ever been in a fighting game in the last like 10 years. Like kind of sure. chip chip damage has been something that you kind of don't think about anymore. And like there's like really hyper rare cases where you can chip people out using like supers or something in like Guilty Gear. But um uh generally you don't think about chip anymore uh, you know as as a mechanic and now it's just like hyper important mechanic there are characters that like almost center around it or that the threat of them uh like like the threat of just like if you're just gonna block a blanca ball or block a uh e honda headbutt or something that that like there's a huge punishment for it you have to you know get around it and in, in a more of a elegant way otherwise you're just like your your drive gauge is being vampired um so so i like all that stuff and i, I like the importance of the corner I, I like i i like all that stuff i i think it's very uh it's it's a very dynamic game it's fun it, it is it is probably my favorite spectator fighting game ever um nice the yeah. amount of the, the it's exciting watching it in like, like i'm so excited evo is just upon us um Ooh, it is and it is. uh uh it's like the beginning of august right or or, or is it the end and end 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 of july because i know rashid comes out the 24th and he's for whatever reason evo legal yeah that's very funny we'll see how that pans out yeah i, I mean i mean like i i don't want to like curse it but i feel like rashid is not going to win the game or be at uh, someone might bust out a wild top eight Rashid, but I don't think Rashid will be. I think the characters that will largely be in like you know the grand finals will probably be like a Luke, a Ken, something like that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that's Street Fighter. That's Street Fighter. Yeah, I I am overall liking it, but it's just like minor things are really driving me crazy. I don't think that the Nicode is as good as it could be. 
I wish it were a little bit better. Um, and, um, one thing, actually one thing that's driving me crazy is like buffering. It's like waking up, I'm trying to get like a DP or a super and sometimes I just don't get it. And I don't understand why if like most games, if you're knocked down, it, 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 there's a buffer window where, where as you're waking up, it, it'll remember what you were trying to do while you were knocked down and it'll come out on the first frame. So if you're like mashing a, a reversal or something, then the second you're waking up, you know, it comes out. Um, and in this game, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, it feels like it like ignores everything you did and you have to like re input it on the frames that you're coming your way. It's, it's weird. Um, but that is, that could be street fighter. You're, you're liking it. I'm happy. Um, overall, I think people are enjoying it, but I'm surprised that like some people who are new to street fighter are really struggling. Yeah. Um, but um, that's that could be Street Fighter. Um, you know what? You know what else is upon us is the new Diablo season. Uh, soon, yeah. the The patch is tomorrow. And the eighteenth season itself starts the twentieth when you'll be in Pittsburgh. Yes. So I'm just gonna have so to we're gonna have a delayed, a delayed start of the season, or you'll have to um grab the the side of my mega desk that I'm not at. Yeah. Um, I am trundling along. In Diablo. Oh, trundling, yeah. Trundling along. I mean, it, it, it's, you finished the campaign? I did not. I am just near you the gotta, very... You, I feel you're like I want to finish the campaign yeah. before the season. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the... I don't, even know, I don't even know if they let you start the season. They do not. They do not finish. let you start the season unless you finish the campaign. But I'm at, I'm at the very end of it. I think I can finish it today. I'm, at, I'm level 47. Um, the story seems to be wrapping up. Um, uh, I, play, I put it a lot more time into Diablo. Um, my initial, our initial takes on it were that like, wow, Blizzard just finally made a good game. Um, but I'm a little bit, I, I stand by that personally. I, I, I mean like there's, I, I wouldn't say that it's a bad game certainly. And I wouldn't say that it's even like, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, but, but the more that I play it and the more that like it's take, I think it's taking me so long because it is like, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a, to use the word that the, the, uh, cool kids use, it's, it's kind of like a mid game. Oh. Um, uh, I, I recently, uh, I, are you familiar with The Act Man, the YouTuber? No. Um, yeah. No. Did you ever see that huge, um, like, it was like a video that was really popular, made the rounds, called, like, The Decline of Blizzard? No. Okay, well, it's actually a really good video. It's, a, it's worth watching. Um, but anyway, um, there's, just, there's just a YouTuber who made this famous video, The Act Man made this famous The Decline of uh, Blizzard video, and I think it was, like, it, it, it was it was a great video. It really made the rounds. A lot of like mo the most popular like WoW streamers and Hearthstone streamers and a lot of people like watched it on their stream, commented it, like talked about what was going on and why you know all these like disasters that Blizzard would, had was going through. Um, and this was like pre Diablo Immortal anyway. Um, and he made a, a video called "Why Diablo Four Sucks," and I was kind of like tepid on Diablo like I would play it here and there for like 15 minutes if it's like you know I don't have I don't really want to play Street Fighter or I have a few minutes before work I'm just gonna like load up Diablo and do like one blue like side quest kind of thing but I wasn't excited for it a lot of times um and I, I watched this act man video and I guess like I'm bringing it up because it put into words a lot of the things that I was kind of thinking about um, and, and like, and, and I, I don't fully agree with him that, that Diablo four sucks. I don't think that it sucks. Um, but, but I think gets clicks. He's going, he's getting in there for the clicks. Dude. Well, I, I do think that he thinks that it sucks. 
and he gave a, he gave some decent reasons why. Um, uh, comment. Uh, try Rocket Money for free. That you could try that's, Rocket Money. That, for that's free. his top comment. You you could. He's out here with his sponsorships. Yeah. Um, so so as I've played it, um, some of the things that are just kind of like on my mind about it, and they're kind of like taking over the situation, is that. In the beginning of Diablo 4, and, and I, I want to ask like how you feel about these things. In the beginning of Diablo 4, um, and on the last podcast, I said that the game was, I felt like the game was really hard. Um, I was playing Rogue, and particularly like Rogue Melee, I think, is like a really hard build to go. Especially in the beginning, before you get like, before the builds kind of get out of control, or you get um, some supportive uniques, or legendaries, or whatever. Um, and... Uh, the other thing that I noticed is that I felt like the game in the beginning was very grounded and different than most ARPGs where the fights were not against waves of enemies. The fights were against like three or four enemies that hit you very hard so that your positioning was like very important. And, and, and the, the story starts out with like a banger, like the, the story really starts out with like a hold on stop. Like this is an ARPG that cares about the story and then as the, the the further I was kind of getting into the game, the more that the good aspects of the game kind of, the, the things that I initially liked about the game were like, no, we we really are a pretty generic mm. ARPG. So so I feel like we're getting a little bit, you you're, might be stepping on your feet a little bit because you started talking about your character and now you're, so I, I'd like to hear more about your issues with the difficulty so did you find the game to be hard so far? Did, oh, okay, did, so um, so in the beginning... Did act man complain about the game being hard? He complained about the game being way too easy. He complained... Okay. And, and, uh, and, and uh, so in the beginning, I hadn't fought the first major boss, Astaroth, I, be- Astaroth, I believe. Um, the, the, the guy that, like, um, Donan... Sure. Uh, you know, I, whatever the story was. Um, there, there's, like, a character that is... Um, taken over by a demon, and then he kind of, like, it's a ridiculously crazy-looking boss that's, like, riding on top of a three-headed dog, um, a Cerberus kind of thing. Um, but, uh, okay, so so in the beginning of the game, I said it was hard. And then there was also a boss, like, early on, story-wise, where it's, like, this girl's mother, and I just died, yeah. like, 80 times to this boss, and it was because my gear wasn't up to par, and it felt like I just couldn't do the damage. I was getting hit so hard. And also, like, at the time, I think, like I said, that rogue melee was very hard. So I just had, like, a nice bow. I switched over to um, a different arranged build, and I just instantly beat it after that. But it still was a pretty, pretty hard fight. Um, shortly following that, and I feel like by level 15 20 i thought that like the game started to get really really easy um and um uh when i like i got up to these bosses and like i just haven't died after that um so you like get up to this like big boss that seems like it's going to be a big story boss and you just kind of beat him on the first try and it's like wait that feels a little anticlimactic um and then also the and so so i feel like the game like I said, was, like, more challenging in the beginning, started to get kind of easy to the point where, like, I'm not really thinking that much anymore. And, um, like I said, uh, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed this too, but but in the beginning, I, I really do think the flow of the game was different. I really feel like it wasn't big waves of enemies. It was these, like, smaller packs of enemies that were just hitting you so hard that you, that, like, positioning, um, like, your, like the way you're angling skill shots, all these things, like, really mattered. Like, it kind of felt um yeah so so um i gotta get in a word here 
because uh, so I am looking through uh, the Act Man's catalog, and all of his vid videos do have the same awful title of "Why is X so awesome or bad?" Um, because what I wanted to understand is, does this person play action RPGs? And when it comes to pacing, action RPGs always struggle with pacing uh, when it comes to difficulty because it's random, right? Like the gear that you get is random. And it could be that before you get to a critical fight uh, that you just found a couple pieces of awesome gear. Uh, and that's going to lead to your experience with that fight being dramatically different from somebody else's. Uh, so this is not like a Diablo 4-centric thing. This is just all action RPGs. Um, in terms of density of, of monsters, that's also pretty build-dependent. I mean, some builds are happy with fewer monsters because they're single-target based. You know, some of them are AoE-based. Um, and, and it's weird because I've been playing, uh, you know, Path of Exile for not a decade, uh, but almost a decade at this point. And the density in that game throughout the years has increased where it used to start off and it was like this struggle to kill a couple of monsters. And now uh, the power has ramped up in that game so much that the only way that it really presents a challenge is when they really just swarm you with monsters and some of them have affixes you can't deal with. Or they're presenting you with one ultra-hard boss. And one of the things that a lot of people have been asking for is uh, this game needs to slow down because defenses don't matter anymore. You're just getting one-shot or, uh, or you're one-shotting things. And I would actually argue that Diablo hits a sweet spot where defenses feel meaningful and matter up to a point, at least up to where I've played. Uh, which is world tier three, level 60. Maybe that changes later on and things just start one-shotting you. But I've felt like there has been a pretty good ebb and flow between working my defenses and my offenses out, like which defensive skills am I taking, which offensive ones. Am I willing to sacrifice this much damage to gain this much more life on my gear and things like that? Uh, and again, I haven't uh, rung the game dry yet. And we're also a day before a major patch. Yeah, I do think that, like, uh, so So I haven't said all the things, and I, I think you also yeah. haven't seen the video, so you're going in, like, a different direction than... than uh, maybe I'm not explaining some of his... He, he has some decent criticisms. Um, I think some of it is, like, he does play Diablo, but I don't think he plays Path of Exile, from what I can take from what he's saying. Um, I do think that... Uh, like he has, so like his, some of his major, major complaints are he doesn't like the, that the, he feels like the skill system in Diablo. And, and I, I kind of agree with this point. Um, he feels like the skill system in Diablo four is very limiting because there's six abilities and there's like, you know, like there's one of them is like, you know, mana generating one of them. And like, generally they're just like, there, there's a slot for every ability and you're making the choice on what ability you're going to get there. And that you kind of get all your abilities pretty quickly. And I remember, you know, I, I haven't played Diablo 1 or 2. And he's coming from, like, Actman is coming from the other Diablos. And in Diablo 3, I remember specifically that, you know, like, this isn't even, like, Path of Exile doesn't always do this. But, um, but uh, in Diablo, there's always kind of something. Like, as you're leveling up, you're getting 
you, like you get uh, you unlock new abilities and you also unlock new like talents for the abilities so so like you know even when you get deep deep into the game like you're finishing the story or whatever there still will be like a like a, oh you unlocked one of the biggest craziest moves you unlocked like a comet explosion or you unlock a major passive talent that like completely alters something like in the way it worked in diablo 3 was like you know you could have this this mage comet and then that you get at level 30 you know later in the game and then maybe at level like 45 deeper even deeper way more hours in you unlock a thing that's like your comet uh splits and it does a comet like you know asteroid fall and it's oh, I, I just got i just got a unique item that does that for my meteors nice so um like as you're leveling it, you're like always looking at new things and you're like whoa i just want to redo this build and for, at least for diablo 4 i just kind of like i found a build it was comfortable i kind of just stayed with it and uh it's been the same way for the last like 20 hours i just like i've just been doing chilling with the same build um and uh there hasn't there isn't a lot of a reason to switch it um, until you've said before that like Paragon changes things and I'm sure like uniques and Paragon change, change yeah, things, but, but the, the other thing that I think he kind of mentioned around is that like the game, uh, does kind of want to push you. And I, I, I can't speak to every class, but for rogue, it's like you look at the talents and you look at the abilities and it's kind of just like, here's an ability that makes your traps better. And there's one trap in this one node. So, so like, if you're going to get the other trap, you should probably get this and get the talent and get it. Oh, there's everything that's green is poison. So you just get all the poison thing. So like, it, it I, kinda... thought, I thought that it was going to be that way for a while. Uh, on your first look of the tree, it definitely seems like they want to build you in that direction. Um, but what I found later on is that there are going to be uniques and passives that synergize with abilities in unexpected ways. So I was like, oh, so for a sorcerer, there's fire, there's ice, and there's lightning. So really, there's only going to be three builds or six builds if there's one for each of those. But the deeper in you get, you realize, oh, there's uniques that synergize around combinations of these. Like if I'm just focusing on conjuration abilities, then I'm using a fire, an ice, and a lightning conjuration. Or there'll be, you know, uniques that work through cycling elements and things like that. So it ends up eventually becoming more complicated than the tree would lead you to believe. But I, I agree that that was one of my early criticisms as well when I uh, didn't look at the game as a whole, but when I just looked at the skill tree, I mean, it, did, it, it, it didn't feel that way. And it's good that it, it and, and it, like, I, 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 you know, I preface it with the qualifier that I know that you're, you're further in and that I'm surprisingly like not going through it quickly, but I think some of it is that. And, and I, uh, what is it? Um, last Epic, I think is one is the name of it. Like that game. I mean, yeah, that game is incredible. That game, like really, that game is trying to hit you with something enticing every couple of levels, every couple of levels, you'll get like either a new spell or an ability that just changes everything. And then you're like, Whoa, yeah, hold on. I want to rethink the entire thing that I'm doing. And I think that that game isn't like afraid to... That game sort of exists as a middle ground between Path of Exile and uh, Diablo 4. Where I feel like Diablo 4, you know, this is a game that's built for like Hardcore? the mainstream. Oh, mainstream. Diablo 4. Mainstream. Diablo 4 yeah. is built for mainstream. You think so? Because and, I, I feel like... Yeah, because I feel like they're afraid of overwhelming people. The... The builds in Diablo 4, especially in the first 50 
levels write themselves. Yeah, like but Diablo Four is mad simple. But where, but where I disagree with it is like I feel like with Diablo Three, um, I know a lot of mainstream people who are fans of that game who like don't don't like Diablo Three was a game that and 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 it's it's uh it remains to be said how Diablo Four will. I mean, it's the be- it's the fastest selling Blizzard game of all time, right? So, um, with Diablo Three. Uh, I think that the game build wise, like you didn't have to be perfect to get through the campaign or whatever, but for a, you know, non, like a, a not serious path of exile player that isn't like so invested in the genre that some of the issues with the genre, um, don't bother you. Cause you're just like, yeah, this is how this game works. They struggle with this kind of thing. So I don't even think about it anymore. Um, go away. Like I think path of exile, the way that it works where, you have like an exact build in mind to start is like so player unfriendly. And then the other side of the spectrum is Diablo three, where they're like, where like for a new player, they're, they're just constantly giving you new things. And they're just like, I don't know, you want to try this? Like we gave you a new ability. Like this is crazy, right? Like we're just going to constantly give you new abilities and new perks that change the old abilities and just change everything you know about it. So like you're always excited about switching builds. And in this game, like the fact that they, that for the first the campaign for like 40 hours or 50 hours or whatever you're just like yep if it's uh if it's uh uh green on the node i pick it because it's poison and then you just get your abilities and you only have six abilities which is way smaller than most other arpgs it just feels like a lot of i would i I could really imagine a lot of um casual players falling off for just how boring it is like the game just kind of can i tell you one of my biggest criticisms of any arpg and it's a problem i have in diablo 4 it's a problem i had in grim dawn and it might have been a problem that i had in uh last epic but i hate it when you put multiple points into the same node because i don't feel like i'm going anywhere like i don't like the idea of like i'm gonna put five points into my blizzard ability so to that make my it blizzard stronger deals a lot of damage yeah because at that point it just feels like i put the, one the, point yeah I like why would you ever levels. put one point like like what does it mean to put three points into something like uh, it, it's I agree just with this idea of like iterative progression that i think is just uh it, it feels boring right like the, the the last thing that i want is to be bored by a level up right like i want to see that i'm about to hit a level up and be like, I'm going to push for another 15 minutes to play more so I could get that level up. Get so that, big get like that big node, that big code Of getting a new thing. Uh, and when it's putting another point into Blizzard, uh, you know, I mean, this is the only good point of Blizzard that, that there's been in years, right? Yeah. That's a joke. Funny joke. Yeah, I like it. Okay, um, so I want, and I want to talk about some other things. And I mean, I think that you kind of, like, you, you said something that made me think, like, oh, maybe this isn't the case. Um, but... Uh, the other thing is that I think that the the, the gear is pretty boring um, for the most part so far, um, especially non-legendary gear. Um, I, I, I guess Diablo has kind of been like this a little bit, but I just don't think at all. I kind of wish that, that they moved in the Path of Exile direction. So in Path of Exile, I remember so specifically that a lot of things are very require very strict stat lines. And to level up, like, your gems or some of your main um, abilities have have stat requirements. And, um, uh, you know, like, most of the 
uh, like gear has stat requirements. So with with Path of Exile, there was so much like min maxing, getting a piece, being like, all right, okay, this is good. This gives me more strength or something, so that I can finally go up another level. Or you have the other, the other problem where it's like, oh, I want to replace this piece of gear. It's so old, but. If I do, I'm going to lose the strength that's on this, and then that means that I have to, like, my, my gem is overleveled, and that's a huge problem. And in, in Diablo, it's just, like, I just look at the, like, there's all these numbers, and, and like, you know, your, your X does Y more damage, and... I just look at the yellow equipment and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like, what does it mean to me? Like, I just, I look at the, d is it better or worse? There's like a little green thing that says like, it's better or worse. And then I'm just like, yeah, it's better or worse. And I'm not thinking about it. So like gear and gold is kind of just like boring at this point. Um, I'm not like looking through things. I kind of like, uh, uh, don't care about most drops. I think even most of like the, the legendaries that I've found so far have been like, not too enticing. Um, yeah, and I mean that's that's not a Diablo problem. That's just a. Well, I mean, I mean that, maybe it is. Maybe well, it's I'm saying an item that Path of Exile does thing. this. Path of Exile yeah. does as well. It's like you you are thinking about your your stats. You are in Path of Exile. You're like trading and you're looking for like I need something that has over this amount of stats so I can even wear some of these other clothes. And it's it's like sure, yeah, you you true. really care about all of the items in your build, even the yellows and like the whatever it is, they're they're SSRs. Um, because they all matter um, a lot as when it when it comes to the end game and, and and I feel like so far I'm just like I don't care if it's a yellow it's better if it's worse whatever um, so so that's one thing um, uh, another thing that he mentions and I think this might be one of the best complaints of it because I found it really really weird um, is that the game scales with your level and I think that's a huge mistake um, I agree. Uh, I think it's a massive mistake because it the open world loses the value completely as 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 the game goes on. I was so excited about the weird way that it does open world, but as the game went on, the it's like the the world is always at the same level. It's always at your level, so it doesn't matter like what level you are. You can go anywhere from the beginning of the game, and there's no interesting thing, and there's nothing different about the biomes. There's nothing that you should think about. Um, the act man mentions, and like this, this, this is like a great complaint that like it's one of those things that was kind of on the tip of my tongue. But when he said it, I was like, yeah, actually, that is how I'm feeling. Like when you compare it to something, if you're gonna do an open world, right? And Blizzard did, like went for an open world. I think one of the coolest things about it is if you compare the Breath of the Wild open world. There's areas that are too hard. There's bosses that are too hard that you have to leave and go back to. There are at the you can at the outset you can go to Ganon and he can beat the shit out of you, but they give you the option. So the world is open and it's truly open and they give you the option to like get killed somewhere. Um, and yeah, he, but, he, but to be fair, breath of the wild does have world scale. Right? Yeah. But, but it, it scales differently. Um, it breath of the wild does have, have world scaling, but you, but like there is a progression that means that like, there are things that are too hard for you to do until sure. you until you get like yeah, i mean you got that that gliok in the coliseum in the middle of the map yeah you're not going to beat that leave and come back it doesn't but but the 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 example of it would be that you know the gliok is scaled down to the point where where every challenge is exactly the same so so anywhere you go in this open world it doesn't matter that's an open world every single thing is the same like mind-numbing difficulty and that's really weird to do um he met, he brings up how 
like you know in in recent years when developers are doing open world they're thinking about these certain things so you have um elden ring and in elden ring early on you can go to caleb and caleb looks terrifying the and the monsters are terrifying the sky is like bright red the word the land is dead and you can access it and there's for, poison around every side of you that you yeah. can't walk in there you can access yeah. it early and it does this thing for you as a player where you access it and then it and then like the giant rabid dog tyrannosauruses jump on you and murder you and then it's just like get out of this neighborhood you're not ready for this and it that that it that makes the open world that gives the open world value but there's no value to this open world really when it comes down to it it's just this like set dressing because Every single yeah. thing scales with you. And it's even weirder that the game, like, pretends that there's scale. The, 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 you know whenever you get quests in this game, it's like, the quest is for level 46. Why are you telling me that? I am level 46, and every time I level up, it's going to be... Now when I level up, the quest is for is recommended for level 47. It doesn't matter. I um, agree. It, it almost feels like um, the level scaling was an afterthought. Like, they had the game ready... And they had the systems in place of how they were going to deliver um, the side quests and things like that. And then they're like, well, actually, everything's going to be level scaled. So you guys need to figure out what we're going to do for the uh, for these side quests. And then they're like, all right, well, the side quests will just carry on. But, you know, that's just like an assumption I'm making. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I mean, the, 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 the value of that is you're, you're right that the value of it is that every side quest is your level no matter what. If you get one in the first 10 minutes of the game and you just manage to not complete it, it doesn't matter. You can go back to it and it's still exactly as worthwhile as it was before. So that is an advantage. But I do think that that like it, it's too bad that the open world isn't being because like and, and I guess this is like my main like thing that I would say about Diablo 4 and that it is like it's a good game but the more I play it the more it's just like oh nothing new here is like a value and it's very safe it's just a really really safe game and any and anything that you think in the beginning that you're like whoa they're they're kind of making some new doing some new things they made a pseudo MMO uh, open world ARPG and you're just and like in the beginning I'm just like how are they doing this this is so cool it's an open world yeah, I can go anywhere I want and then you so just my, my opinion on this also though is that for like a 1.0 of an ARPG I think this is an incredible show like I know that Diablo is a game that's going to get better over the years and I think that it's actually better for them to start with a safe approach especially like for a company that's been ridiculed for, you know, as long as it has been. But at the same time, I understand the other perspective of the reason Blizzard is ridiculed is because they've been making boring games. Yeah. But it also seems like a lot of people who have been playing the games for a long time, people who are playing World of Warcraft are telling me, that this is the best World of Warcraft has ever been. What? Uh, people, yeah, right now, this expansion, the people who are playing it, I have friends who are saying this is the best World of Warcraft has ever been at a high level. Hearthstone players, they're loving this, uh, the, the tavern or whatever it is. I don't, I don't give a shit about regular Hearthstone, but apparently the tavern brawl is is very good tavern brawl uh, i mean tavern brawl has existed are you talking about there's other there's other there's battlegrounds 
Battlegrounds, yes. Is that not Tavern Brawl? Those are no. not the same. No, thing. Tavern Brawl was the thing that happened when we were playing. It was like um, a weekly special okay. event where it was like, got oh, it, in this it. Tavern Brawl, it's infinite deck size or something, and like. Is it th- Oh yeah, that was kind of neat. But, it was it, it but, was like a it, it had like modifiers. Like it would be yeah, and with Overwatch also, people have said that the current Overwatch meta is pretty good, right? So it, it is this weird situation that Blizzard's in where the people who are playing the games are enjoying them, but that there's something really off-putting about these games from like uh, they're sort of like first glance and things like that. Uh, but I get it. I mean, like, Overwatch just seems dull. Yeah. Right? When you compare it to other shooters, I, when I you guess, compare it to, like, an Apex or to a to a Valorant. I guess what you're kind of saying, and, like, what I kind of think about Blizzard, is that uh, a, a Diablo 4 is, like, a good showing of what Blizzard is at their best, and what Blizzard is at their best is, like, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about old Blizzard, I'm talking about new Blizzard, and what Blizzard is at their best is, like, safe um you know unadventurous like they're so afraid to like i don't know if like you know designers are like this is what fans want we they want us to do something nostalgic and old and we're afraid to do anything new and it misses that like it just feels like there's no humans working for the company anymore that it's yeah. like an ai that's like it's like what do so, pe- people don't didn't like Diablo three as much so like when you hear you know all the- though I, I've got a feeling that uh, the idea is make the game for the masses but make the updates for the fans uh, that's my hope that's my prediction is that the updates that they put out are going to be for the people who stick around for the people who just like love Diablo right yeah so I guess we'll just see. You know, I mean, this game is probably going to be around for a long time. Uh, the patch notes for the first season are literally tomorrow. Uh, and, and the season is also a really good time for them to innovate. So we'll see what that looks like. Because I also feel like a large portion of the player base is going to drop off as soon as they realize that seasonal characters are ephemeral. Well, they're they're not because they go to the main. Yeah, they go to the eternal realm. But pe- people are going to be like, "You mean I have to make a new character every time?" I want to. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the fun of the game is like leveling up and acquiring new stuff and making a new build. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I do. I mean, like it. I you think me. I think I like, that I like to like things. So. Yeah, I think it. I think it is like like to Blizzard's credit. I think that the way that ARPGs do work, it's a part of the genre that. Um, until their seasons, I think that, like, that... Like, Path of Exile is defined almost 100% by seasons. Um, if, if they took seasons out of the game, out of, if they never did a, another season again, and that the way that you played the game was that you played, like, through the campaign or whatever, um, that would be horrible. Um, no one would play that game. And seasons are, like... You know, it's it's the chance for you to try out the changes, try out a new character, try out a new build. You do it for a couple months or whatever, or you get to end game. You do a little bit of stuff. You go as far as you want. You fall off. You stop playing, and then they're like, "Here's a new season. Doesn't matter what you did before. Doesn't matter if you ever played the game. It's starting all over again. And here's some even new stuff. And we're gonna keep putting new stuff in the game. And like that's what makes these things." Uh, these things i i mean like i just have those minor complaints i do kind of wish that like i wonder if they could have made the game a little bit more grounded a little bit 
um, like like less enemies, uh, slower, uh, more like challenging um, stuff, and because it, it just eventually gets to that regular ARPG thing of like you're running past hordes of enemies and kind of clumping them up, and then just like firing big AOEs into it and killing them. Um, I love it. That's what I like. Uh, I like so, doing that, and then so, I like going and do a hard dungeon with the boss at the end. A hard dungeon. Or boss at the end. A bosh. And and also like the maps are cool. Like at the end of it, there's like 120 dungeons that turn into maps, and they have modifiers on them, and those are not like character scaled, um, and and that stuff is cool. Yeah. I think it's a good end game. Uh, well, that's I, I too much to get, Diablo. I hope to get to it today. That's too much Diablo. Have you played any Zelda? Like almost none. That's so sad to me. Yeah, it's because... sad to me too because I I I've finished. I'm like the biggest Zelda fan. I love Zelda so much, and this one I just like have fallen off of. I have not found anything that interesting in it yet, and it's been because I so don't know if I if I got to say this on the last podcast, but I think that this Zelda game might be one of my favorite games. Ever. Ever. Yeah, you did say it. Ever. Yeah. I, I think that uh, it's incredible. I think that the more I play it, the more surprising it is. I am excited to talk about this game at the end of the year or when you've gotten further into it to just talk about some of the uh, incredible things that I've seen in it. Uh, the, the building, which like seems a little simple at the start, really does get crazy. And there's like the subreddit Hyrule Engineering that's really gotten into just doing crazy. Like they, they've broken the game in in so many interesting ways. I can't wait to see the speedruns of this game and to see how they might implement uh, some of the building and some of the glitches that are a part of the building uh, to to make the game just like look wild. Yeah, um, I I don't know why uh, I it just like hasn't grip me at all and it feels like a chore for me to get back into it all the time like whenever like i i only load it up with the thought of like i gotta get further in this thing i gotta finish this thing because it's a zelda game but i'm not enjoying it um uh it's it's sad like i I want to enjoy it i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just that like i think some of it is like i probably should just start doing the main quest until something grips me and then like makes me want to go around the world because i'm i'm not finding things i feel like that are that cool um i mean yeah where have you been have you been to um like the lost woods have you been to like i, I got to the area desert? in front of the lost woods but um i i fought that i couldn't figure out how to fight that one the hand monster oh okay yeah so so yeah i i, I mean like i still i, I want to be gripped by it but then when i like i feel like most of the time when i'm in the situation where I could play it, um, like if I'm at home or something, it's like oh, I'd rather play Street Fighter. Or if I'm really like tired, I'd play Diablo. It's just at this like, it, it, I feel like Zelda for me right now is at this point where it requires uh, like a little bit of my energy to like go around and be excited and like, find new things, um, and uh, or do like uh, one of the dungeons and like have to think about like I think the dungeons are way better. I think the um, shrines are way better than they they were in the last game where I haven't seen anything really repeat. They're all, like, a creative gimmick that you have to figure out, so... Yeah, I've done two main dungeons... Well, I've, I've technically done three dungeons, uh, two of which are on the main line and one of which is, a, is not. Uh, but I have found that the dungeons are 
very very good compared to breath of the wild yeah i was i i, and I was talking shrines too but yes you're yeah. right the dungeons are much better and there's real bosses at the there end. are um um have you so have you beaten any of the bosses and then like seen them again no okay because that is also a very uh exciting and sometimes scary thing that happens in this game well it will be less so now well yeah i mean i guess you've got to uh play more than however much you've played of it i played like 20 30 hours of it um and yeah. i feel like if you're if you're falling off i don't know how you get back on it, it it's really hard it, it's really hard right like it's it, it's just that like i think that zelda that tears i'm of the always thinking about it tears of the kingdom just weirdly like as i'm a huge fan of of zelda and i loved breath of the wild and i played through breath of the wild twice um and with tears of the kingdom it just feels like the wrong game at the wrong time or something is like i'm not interested in this kind of thing right now um uh and like i said it, it's it's at this weird middle ground where if i have a lot of energy and i'm awake and i'm excited or whatever it's like i want to play street fighter or something or maybe i'd want to go back to guilty gear and play a fighting game or something that uses my brain a lot and then if i have no energy or i'm tired or i'm winding down i might play like a little bit of diablo because it's just you know like whatever i run around roll on the ground throw my shoot my arrows um but but Tears of the Kingdom has been this kind of middle ground where it's like I just don't have energy to play it sometimes. It's like I don't I don't really have like the want or energy to play it. Yeah, I just don't know. I, I just don't know what to tell you. Uh, but I, I and I feel like there are so many um, good key, like keystone moments and also uh, just like locations like go like even revisiting places uh, from the first one. And, and you played it more recently than I did. Did. I, I feel like it is so incredibly interesting to see the ways in which they've changed things, how like Kakariko Village is different, how Ateno Village is different, how some of the shore areas and the desert and all of these things have like changed and how they've made it unique this time around and not just feel like the same map uh, is really exciting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, ha I do have 10 days off, so... Um, 10 I days? 10 days. I mean, you'll bring your Switch days, with you, days. right? Probably yeah, I'll bring the Switch switch with me, and that'll be one of the main gaming things I could do. Um, so, so that maybe maybe I can get back into it. I I, I don't think I, I I don't think I've fallen off in the Persona do you, way. Do you play it handheld, by the way? Do you play it handheld? Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't think I've fallen off in the Persona way where it's like it's not even on I'm my roster. And I can't get up. It's yeah. just that like I I I'll play for like 15 minutes here and there and then I'm just like, Ugh, I'm tired." I don't Yeah. Persona is another one of my uh favorite games of all time. So really, I'm just a little offended. Oh, well, I play well, I played the other Personas. You didn't yeah. play Persona 3. I, I didn't Persona I finished 4. Persona 3 and 4. I'm the real fan. I finished Persona 4 Gold. I I'm the real fan. I play, I finished Persona 4 Vanilla. Wow. Yep. Sounds like I've played more uh Persona than you. I don't think so. Because you didn't play three at all. I beat I beat three. I beat three Fez. I beat four. Well, five row. I mean, that's right. That's on PC at this point. You can be know. playing and, that on Steam Deck. And I and I played like to the very end. Wait, three really? Times. You got that? You got in in five? Almost. Like I like okay. to. I, I I I twice. I played it twice now. I played it in Royale and uh, Vanilla, and both times I got up to the side dungeon, the um after like okay. the investigation and just fell off after the investigation department i mean that's not very close to the end but it is to yeah, me. i mean it's pretty far i mean it's your end it, it is it's literally it's the, end the end of the, of the game, game for me 
Um, yeah, so also really quick, I want to shout out this game, Voidigo. I haven't gotten to play a lot of it so far. I've literally just played a half hour. But I feel like one game that I've desperately wanted a sequel for is Enter the Gungeon. And Voidigo is between like a nuclear throne and an Enter the Gungeon. Uh, the, the weapons uh, feel really unique and incredible. Uh, good boss fights, good traversal. And uh, it's it's just kind of scratching that end of the gungeon itch. Unique characters, uh, passives, weapons, synergies, hundreds of items. Uh, if you've played those games, you kind of know what to expect. But it's good. Yeah. Um. Uh. In in other news, Snap. Oh yeah. Some, some really crazy <clears throat> Snap things happened. Um, With the economy, which is it is weird because you can't really in a game like Marvel Snap. Uh, it's hard to separate the economy from the game itself, right? Yeah, I think these snap. I think these snap changes are so interesting for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, so, uh, th- first of all, there was conquest. Um, just real quick, that came out between the last time we did the podcast. It's a different mode. It's the most significant different mode that they've ever released, um, and it changes the game a lot. The main idea of conquest, it, it, like with, with to simplify it completely, is that it's works similar to the um, like friend PvP mode, where you uh, you 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 have like a certain amount of cubes to wager, and every time you're wagering, you're losing them. Um, so like you're having to replay uh, a set um, with the same decks. Um, I haven't played much of this, and I guess just because the way that it works is, like, not necessarily why I got into Snap, because the the decks that would work in Conquest are just decks that are really good and really consistent, um, versus, like, like, like there's the, the way we always, you know, talk about the way that Snap works, where um, if you have a deck that is really inconsistent, but wins eight cubes or is surprising or something then it doesn't matter if you lose four times in a row uh and you 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 concede and you lose four cubes and then you win one time for eight cubes you could be you could win 20 percent of the time and still be you know cube positive and uh conquest is really about just playing a deck that just works and conquest is really i disagree with you though because i mean I've I've won plenty of games where it's like I'm retreating the first few games, not showing them what I have, and then in that third or fourth game, I'm playing Sandman Galactus, and I took eight of your cubes. I mean, I, I don't know what you your experiences with Conquest, but I yeah, but just a little bit more at that point if I get their eight cubes. I've been having a lot of success in Conquest playing just the decks I like, just uh, Phoenix Force decks, Nimrod decks, mostly Nimrod decks. Uh, a little bit of Galactus, but but yeah, I mean, it does feel like uh, some of the better decks right now are just um, High Evolutionary is still good, Bounce is good, and Surfer is coming back. Yeah, um, this has the tools to uh, you know kneecap everyone else. Yeah, I, one thing that is so fascinating about Snap that I I just love it. Like I I wish that I was writing down all these historical moments of snap just to see these weird times where you you have cards like black bolt that are 
so bad. Or, I mean, like, they're considered so bad by the community. And then you have, like, Stature come out, and people are still like, this card is bad, and that card is bad, or whatever. And then over time, after, like, months and months, it'll just be like, whoa, this card is out of control. And, I, I, I mean, what what better example of of a card that just got weird support that no one would have guessed than Multiple Man? Um, Multiple Man, the star of the show right now, where Phoenix Force, a new card that resurrects a dead um uh, uh card that that died that died on your side and uh gives it plus six and lets it move so suddenly you you all the setup you need is you need for like carnage or venom or death clock or someone to kill multiple man then phoenix force resurrects multiple man moves multiple man on the first available turn making two nines and then if you have like something else to move it again um then you you you, you just get, get, out of control, you get value. dolls or something like you get the value is insane and who yeah and, and also because of this cards like shadow king are also coming back into the format where shadow king uh one of like the worst cards in the game you know back when it was a four cost now it's a three cost but now you also have like destroy is prevalent in the meta and bounce is prevalent in the meta and even like high evolutionary hulk and things like that after that change uh, Shadow King is just coming in here and leveling everyone out. Uh, and, and yeah, just cool to see the meta change to bring these cards back. Yeah. It's so I do feel like it's, a, it's overall in, in the last couple months, we have not, um, been in a, um, suffocating meta. I mean, I guess some people would say that with, uh, high evolutionary was kind of like that a little bit, but I don't think anything was as bad as some of the really, really messed up times, like the post, uh, the pre-nerf Thanos lockjaw, um, where or just, uh, Zabu or, like or yeah, like Zabu and... or or early Surfer, like early early Surfer um, Surfer season. Um, so like it, it's always been that there's like tons of viable decks, and then there's like one of the best decks or whatever. Um, I will say though that uh, uh, like they they recently released uh, Spider Ham, who I think is a little unhealthy of a card. Um, he's do, obnoxious. He should do, be a two-one. Don't really love him. Uh, Spider Ham is is like uh, on the board with like Iceman, if not more game-winning in certain situations um, than that. Where Spider Ham is a one-one, so it's easy just to throw out at any point in time. Curve out, uh, throw when you have any extra mana, and he turns your your top your 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 highest mana cost card into a pig which is like a no text a textless card version of it um and a lot of decks just like it feels bad because a lot of decks just like instantly lose if it does this and this is a one drop card and he's being played in probably the most popular agreed upon like one of the best decks right now is bounce so he is like Easy to throw down Falcon back, throw down again in a cup in a turn or two, and just like turn your fives and sixes into generic cards. And the and like the better that the card is for your plan, usually the better that the worse that it is statistically. So like one of the most important cards you might have for your deck is like Iron Man or something, right? He's uh, he's a five zero that doubles. The strength of the that that lo that that uh that lane and Spider Ham turns that into a five zero 
completely useless. A 5-0 with no text. And just, like, shuts down certain things. And I've been playing this, like, the, the as I said before, there's the multiple man Phoenix deck. And if Spider-Ham hits your Phoenix, it is, like, the deck is so, it's pretty, like, required to want to do that so if that's the direction you're going you early on you're you're lucky you're having a great time you drew the multiple man you drew the carnage everything is going well you drew phoenix force you have your combo already things are going to go great you eat the the multiple man and then spider ham comes down phoenix force is now a five six with no text your plan is completely screwed at that point and it's just like why did you do you were able to do that for a one mana that's it and, and this card has no synergies it's not like any deck can't just kind of throw this it in. Synergizes with Shadow King, it, right? Does it? I mean, well, like it. Yeah, you could turn it, well, the pig into a zero. Well, no, no. Power. well it gets oh, it, yeah. it, it's it's synergies, but it it it's I I mean that like there's a problem with this kind of card inherently where it has it's a it's a really powerful tech card that has no deck that it needs to be yeah. in, right? Like something like like so so you mentioned before that Shadow King is coming back. And that's really interesting, or Shadow King is, is coming up for the first time. But Shadow King isn't played in every deck. Shadow King is played, like, almost specifically in Surfer decks because... Yeah, there are two decks that play it, Surfer being one of them. But, but like, the important thing is that, like, he... It's a tech card that exists basically in a deck or two. And if you are playing against it, you'll know, like, you should be aware of the threat of Shadow King because Surfers want to play this as a three-drop. So, so like, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 Shadow King can ruin the game for you, but you know that it's there and a type of deck wants to play it and not every deck wants to play it. Um, same with Killmonger, like Killmonger isn't in every deck, but he's very strong and is in plenty of decks. But then you get a card like, like Spider-Ham, like that's been the problem with, that's always been like the kind of like weird issue with Iceman is that if you're just like, I have a good deck, and I'm trying to look for, like, a one-drop or something just to make my deck have a yeah, curve. Yeah, just throw an Iceman. Just man. throw an Iceman. It's, like, the easiest thing in the world. But there, but there are also, yeah, I mean, Devil's Advocate, I would argue that Iceman also completely wins a game for you sometimes. Uh, no, when it's it not a Devil's like, Advocate. I completely agree. Like, Iceman yeah, is really... It hits, like, Mr. Negative, or it hits, like, Magic or, or something. Or it hits Phoenix Force. It hits Phoenix Force, and then now your Phoenix Force it, is a 6-6. Six, six. And you're not going to get it out on turn five. You're not going to be able to move yeah. it. it. It's just that um, Spider-Ham is even more consistent, right? And that's also one of the issues. Well, I think the other like... big issue that we haven't mentioned is that he shows you the card that he bops. Yeah, so he's, he's just better. It is crazy to me. With, with Iceman, like, Iceman is strong, and we've all been there where he ruined the games. But we've also been there where Iceman hits a target there, like, I wasn't going to play this card anyway. That's fine. How, like, would, I, you, how would you change uh, Spider-Ham? I mean, I think that the, the one big thing probably is that it gives you... It's too much. It gives you... I, I, I Like, I agree with you that it could be a 2-1. Is it the info? It could is be it, a 2-1. for me, it's it's the it's 2-1. Yeah, I, it, I, it two could one. be a 2-1, and it's just, like, it's harder to play it, and it's... it and Because as a one-drop, it's like, you just throw it in anywhere, it's fine, you don't have to worry about it. If you have... If you want to play a 3-drop on turn 3, there you go, there's Spider-Ham or something. You're like, you, you always have the opportunity to, like, throw it in somewhere else or on a turn... And that's not great. And definitely as a two drop, as a two one, not only is it kind, it's it would be horribly statted for a two. It would be poorly statted for a two drop. If anything, it could be yeah, like it's like, like a, a black zero. widow tier. 
It's yeah. a Black Widow tier. Yeah, where where like Black Widow has such a powerful effect, but like no one wants to play a two one. It's it's you're you're almost giving yourself a rock a little bit. Um, yeah. But but um so that that I think that would change it if they want to keep the info thing as the same. But it's still insane to me that like you see the effect it has. You see you like when you use it and then you hit Doom, you you know exactly what you did. You're like okay so. This so now when when I see something like Sanctum Sanctorum, or if I'm worried about the person's gonna go wide, I know for a fact that they had the Doom, and I know for a fact the Doom is dead. So the fact that it not only negatively affects the enemy, but it's giving the info, it's like such a weird choice because other cards don't do that. Like like I, Iceman doesn't tell you who he's hitting. You don't know if like Iceman whiffed or not. Like Iceman might have just like hit nothing or game or won you the game, and you don't know. Um, so because of it, like the ability, I think it's a similar thing to like Baron Mordo where, where it's hard to tell the value of Baron Mordo because you don't know what you did, um, on the opponent's side and maybe, maybe they can, they can get back from it. Ooh, maybe that would it's be not a fun a big deal. change for Baron Mordo, right? Tell you who they drew. Yeah. That would, yeah, I, that would be, that would I mean, why be not, right? Baron Mordo change. Yeah. So we covered some gameplay stuff for Marvel Snap, but there's also the spotlight caches. The and that new is economy system. The biggest, most controversial. You know, you know, I, I always, we always say this. Second dinner changes Marvel Snap in like the most major ways every couple of months. It's insane. Like, uh, I would never have seen this like this coming. But they just are constantly just like, yeah, we're scrapping this old system and going to the completely new thing, um, or adding this completely new system. And this is like the economy is completely changed. Um, do you want to explain? spotlight caches because they're a little confusing at first but they're not that in marvel snap after a while you've acquired all of the easy to get uh cards uh and after that uh card acquisition slows down uh and it used to be that instead of getting cards off of the track at that point mostly what you're doing is you're saving a, a currency called collector's tokens you're going to uh, the Marvel Snap store and you're buying uh, the cards that release with tokens. I've complained about this system before. I said that that was boring. So second dinner, they listened to this podcast. They said, okay, we're going to introduce a new huge, system. Huge WTG fan. We're going to introduce a new system where uh, you are going to have a new type of box where every 10 boxes you earn is turned into a new type of box called the Spotlight Cache. So the Spotlight Caches will always contain uh, the new card of the week, uh, as well as two other cards and then a wild card. Well, random, right? It's a, uh, There's like four different it's things. A, that they... Yeah, yeah. I guess it's not technically a wild card, but it's, yeah, it's the, the new card, two other cards that are of high rarity, and then the final thing is a uh, random card. And if you uh, already have those cards, then there is a extra special, super crazy looking, uh, some of the, some of the best artwork that has ever been in the game, I think, is in Spotlight Caches as if you, if you already have that card, um, like as a special get from those caches. Yeah. And, and man, those Spotlight cat the variants are incredible. I play the game. The, the thing that I've, that I like about Marvel Snap is I like putting down a card and someone emoting yeah, on that card. Yeah, love it. If you have That's like that feeling. special null. Um, so the idea of having a card that nobody else has or is so incredibly rare is like what I what I'm in for. 
Yeah. So these like spotlight variants, they, they speak to me. Like there are weeks where I'm not even interested in the new card. Forget about the new card. Just give me that spotlight variant. Yeah, they said that they might come back in the form of like an ultimate card, maybe. Um, but for the most part now, like the the plan is like you really have to get it that way. For some people who have like FOMO issues, um, like it's impossible. You cannot get every card now. You cannot get every. <coughs> um, uh, you will never be able to get all the uh, the 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 new variants. Um, it's just not possible. But I do like agree with you that like there's a the, the it does make the variants more special because um, now compared to the past where we've we've always kind of talked about how weird it is that like when a bundle comes out there can be like a super cool variant but then you just see everyone having it because it's like yeah they just paid thirty dollars and you got it there's nothing like thirty dollars <laughs> yeah there's nothing special about <laughs> that oh. Um, there's nothing special about that, but now there is a special aspect to this, to having one of these, like, spotlight variant card variants, where, um, it's just not something that's going to be in the game afterwards. It's going to be, like, really, really hard to obtain, um, if it ever, if it ever is able to obtain. Um, so... So, I, so if that sounds like your, a fun and interesting yeah, system. Your, your initial <laughs> thing, you know, your initial thing is so right, actually, because, uh, there... Even when it's a sm even when they're breaking it down into about a twenty five percent chance to get the thing that you want, um, there is now still that like big moment of like opening a spot like cash and either getting one of the getting like either a card that you don't have of these like higher tier cards or um, getting a like crazy variant or getting the new card or the twenty five percent chance to like sadly roll bad and get a card that you have pre-existing probably and then it turns into a random variant it could be you know a baby variant or a pixel variant or something stupid. no pixels no pixels could Can't be, be a, a baby um yes. so so sounds great how could they mess it up why well, would anyone so dislike they, this so one of the reasons why people are upset is because they have uh, dramatically reduced the amount of collector's tokens that you get now and if you remember collector's tokens are the currency that you use to uh, buy cards in the shop. And but, buy ultimate variants, by the way. Yeah, and buy ultimate variants, uh, which they announced some tweaks to that are coming in the future. Yeah, they're making ultimate uh, variants better, and now they're, like, impossible to get. I'm going to get one. For, I'm, I'm saving for non-hyper whales. I'm saving for that ultimate, that ultimate Nimrod. Uh, but, yeah, uh, essentially, like, they've uh, decreased the amount of uh, tokens you get by about 90%. Uh, it feels real bad to open a cache and to get 50 collector's tokens, which, um, for context, is 120th of a card because a, car, a new card costs 6,000. A Series 4 card costs 3,000. So uh, getting 50 collector's tokens is practically useless. Not, yeah, we used to get, like, so for, for, like, you know, context also, like, what was it? It was, like... You could get between 100 to 500. One, right? uh, so you would get uh, 200 to 600 out of a good cash and 100 out of a bad cash. Yeah. So, so like, you could get 600 collector's tokens. And, yeah, that was a boring way of obtaining new cards. But there was, you know, like you said, like, I mean, like, there's ultimate variants. There was a free-to-play free way to obtain the ultimate variants and a free-to-play way to obtain... The cards that you wanted especially if you saved it was always able to get the cards that you wanted um so 
yeah, collector's tokens really shot in the foot. Another thing, gold completely removed. Um, for- no. I mean, that's not... Ne- the, the amount of gold that we're losing here is a little bit... Um, people are exaggerating when they tell you it's, it's gone because the primary way that we were getting gold was uh, weekly missions and uh, season pass. But now they've added new ways to get gold, including the weekend missions, which are pretty grindy, but they are an option, and conquest. So the reduced amount of gold is actually a little bit, um, people are overemphasizing it. The gold acquisition hasn't changed that much. It, 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 are you sure? It does feel like it's way less. I am less. sure. It's, it feels I am sure. I mean, I mean, when people talk about how they feel, it's a lot different than uh, when you math it out. So that has been um, the credits, which is one of the main ways to upgrade cards. And it's actually something that, like, some people don't like it because... You, you love credits. Yeah. You're a big credit guy. Yeah, actually, I really am. Some people don't like it because it kind of is, in a lot of ways, like, kicking the ball further, um, where credits are one of the main ways that you're going up the collection track, one of the main ways that you are obtaining new cards or variants. It's like spin or, again, right? Or it's thing. like when, it, the, when the Jeopardy wheel lands on, yeah. or whatever it is, when the Wheel of Fortune lands on spin again. It is It is a little bit like a spin again, because it's like you you uh, get out of a cache, and you're like, what am I going to get? Am I going to get gold? Am I going to get a you know a new variant? Am I going to get a new card or something? No, you got collector's token, you got coll- uh, credits. So that means that like you're going to upgrade another card and that you're going to maybe hit another cache or something. It's like, it is a little bit spin again, but I love upgrading cards. I have so many cards to upgrade. And like, I think one of the, the oh, yeah, I like, the, like to get those splits. The, the end game of a lot of video games is like cosmetic stuff is like, uh, you know, fashion like a uh, fashion snap like i i want to uh like there, there's just like I, i'll have like a really good variant and i'll like want to keep rolling to get cool splits and like that really matters to me i really when it comes down to like also when i make choices for buying bundles a big a big influencer to that is like is it going to give me a lot of credits because if it's going to give me a lot of credits then i can go do this exciting thing where i get to go through my my cards and see like oh this card i almost got to ultimate i want to finally get it or get it to infinite and then see if i can roll like a good split of it or something so I, that, that kind of stuff matters to me and that was really hamstrung too because we were we were getting between i i again i forget it's like 100 to 600 or something for the the uh uh amount of credits we were getting and now we're getting like 100 to 200 or something and i think that the reason why that is really significant is like you, you you still get the regular amount of credits from the uh, daily missions um, and from your season pass, but the credits being really strung on the or, or being like really removed from the uh, collector's level, it means that like it, it's going to be harder to go up collector level, collector's level. And now it, it's not even the old way that you would think about credits is spin again, but the new way is that you need to hit spotlight caches. So, so it, it, it does matter at actually, because the credits are like you're, you're hitting certain spots on the track and the, you know, collectors, uh, caches or what the regular caches don't matter that much to you anymore because they're so much worse. So yeah. you really are, you really do want to spin again, actually, because now that treading water to the next spotlight cache is the thing that matters. So, so like that, I think that is really yeah. worse that it, that they remove that out because that is the way that 
freedom the the way that people are going to have to move through this track is they're going to have to go up and then save their spotlight caches for the launches that they want and that that's harder to do how many of these bad boys you got saved up how many i of think these like three right okay. now i opened two and got exactly what i wanted i got uh i opened one and i got gene gray and i was like you know i could roll for a living tribunal but i think it's smarter to just stop yeah, so I didn't I want Living have, Tribunal. I wanted. Um, I'm about to have about to have six caches. So, but I'm gonna blow up four caches to open um, the Legion, High Evolutionary, and Darkhawk spotlights. So uh, that week, I'm just ripping all of them open for uh, variants. Yeah, uh, I think the other thing is that uh, there, there's the other huge thing that is. I, I've got twenty four thousand tokens. So. Yeah. The other the other really messed up thing about this is that um, the old way, as boring as it was, was pretty consistent. So uh, unless a card was designated a a big bad, a like Thanos Kang permanent um, series, like five. those are like permanent series Galactus permanent series five cards. Um, uh, the other cards would go down and would start in in tier five, um, in pool five for 6,000. Then after, you know, like a month or whatever, they would go, they would drop down to series four for 3,000. And then they would drop down again to like 1,000 or whatever when they're, and the, or just like be easily, easily obtainable as a series three card for everyone. Um, so it used to be that like free to play had the caveat of like, you're going to have to save really hard for these big bads, but anything that's not a big bad, like if you don't want to play with Jeff now, you'll get Jeff down the line. And I think that, that this is also a way for them to completely remove that. Um, so so now, like, I, like they are not talking about, dro- seas- about uh, cards dropping down at all anymore. Now cards are probably going to stay in a pool where they will be in, like, spotlight caches, and that's the way that you get the card. So it, I want to emphasize that that's not true. Um, what they said is that they are releasing cards in their series to establish a baseline level of uh, the series. So they want series four and five to be at a certain capacity of cards. And they said right now, uh, this is the minimum number that they would want it to be. So they do plan to do series drops again. It's just that they want more cards to be in series four and five uh, for the sake of spotlights before they drop again. And it, but it has, uh, it is, it's been so unfortunate for a lot of players yeah. where, where, you know, and and this happened at like such a grimy time because, uh, you know, Jeff is really, really good and is also like not super sexy at the same time. And, but people just want him. So it's too bad that he's not going down, um, and isn't just like super available. And then this happened like, of course, around the, the null dark, uh, the null dark hawk, um, uh, controversy where cards were moving down at an exact guaranteed rate where they would move down at a cer- after a certain time. Um, so the time that two kind of major um, like cards that have always had that have kind of played a part here and there in the meta since their release um, and have always been kind of like these like sexier, bigger cards, uh, uh, Darkhawk and Null, were supposed to drop down. They just like magically didn't and there was no reasoning for it and it just felt weird to the community really hated this because there was no there there was no context for this there was no this had never happened before and it really just felt like they were saying like no dark hawk is 
too good for us to move down. We want you to and and I I was like sort of fine with it if it had if they had been upfront with it you know earlier and said we we really do want to have because the 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 weird way that things were working was that every card that big bads were start like you know there's there's only three big bads but there's there was big bads that were filling up you know permanent pool five and then card and then any card that wasn't a big bad was releasing into pool five and then going into pool four as like a waiting room until it dropped down again into pool three and that is a really weird way of doing things it does mean that like pool four was this kind of bizarre holding room where you probably didn't buy it a lot of times because like you waited long enough now just wait a little bit longer and like you're gonna get it really quickly for free um so like that was kind of a weird thing so i do like pool five four three two and one all having like distinct groupings of cards i think that's fine like if like i think it's fine that like dark hawk could be a forever pool four card where like it's not quite big bad but it is big and it is deck defining um and meta defining um but you know like they just they just haven't gone about it in the right way and uh i think this like continues to be like not a a very like upsetting way for a lot of players um yeah it's a bit of a i I feel like it's a bit of a growing pain um you know uh, it's 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 so unfortunate because because i don't hate second dinner i really don't and i think that they've been good at responding to things and good at changing things but it's just really too bad i think that spotlight caches are such a good idea it's such like a fantastic awesome idea that gets around a lot of the weirder you know less exciting things it it brings car like like pack opening back to marvel snap again in a way that it hasn't been in a while where we just stopped caring about opening caches for anything but like you know maybe i'll get the odd Dan or series downgrades yeah it would yeah. be like you hope that the series downgrade brings a like i would hoard my caches wait for a card i want to drop into series four and then open them in the hopes to get those cards yeah um so i i really just like you said like i really love the concept i just wish that the regular caches kind of remained the same and the regular caches would still be like not all that exciting to open. Um, sometimes you get a variant and it's a little exciting. Sometimes you get a huge amount of like tokens or credits and you're like, awesome, I can upgrade a thing. I'm like, you know, I'm happy about that. And then the spotlight caches were the big, would be like this big, cool new system that's like, do you want a card? You can get it. If you like, you know, and you can get it in an exciting way. You can open up packs and maybe you won't get it. And then maybe you will get it. And like, maybe we'll get it on the first try. And all that kind of stuff, you know, like, I, I just feel like it's such a sad thing that that there's a lot of, like, no matter how, and it, and it is technical because, like, you've mentioned before, you know, the, if, if, you, if you open a spotlight cache and you get the cards you wanted, like, you got Gene Grey on the first, uh, on the first roll or whatever, you did get a 6,000 token value, right, for, for what their economy is in the past. You got you. You technically just got six thousand tokens, right? Yeah. If that's what you want, exactly. Um. So so but it also, and I think the other thing that's cool about this system that people aren't talking about is that sometimes, uh, you just um like get a card that you didn't want, but then it's like interesting because then you're like, well, I have Living Tribunal, so I should just like have a think about this, right? Like maybe I can make this card work. The old way. That, 
that that's that kind of exciting three, that pool three worked where where you get a card and you're like well how do i fit this in how can i make a deck yeah. around this because i now i have it i think that's neat um and i think that it's understated also there is an opportunity for people who are like oh well i want jeff uh so i want to make sure i have car to, um you know boxes for jeff they could end up opening jeff like there's a real possibility that the random series four and five could turn into jeff right that's a very small it's a but it's a small possibility, but it's, it's, it's bigger even than smaller opening, based on the fact bigger, that it's, it's not cards that you have. It, it can, it's yeah, anything. but it's bigger can, than opening uh, Jeff from the from a cash before. Well, right? it, it yes, because there because like I've I've played ten I have ten thousand collectors level and I've never opened a series five, but you can you can't get dupes on that. And if Jeff went down to four, there's like an okay chance of getting him in a cash. But sure. yeah. but like no but now it it like the, the the chance is like negligible the 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 random card in the pool doesn't care about what you have so it's just anything and it can dupe it out so like I think that feels like shit I think remove that entirely like that does not feel good if you have if you have collect if you are enough of a whale or like have grinded this game enough that you have the cards or whatever then just take that option out or something I don't think that having a dupe and then having it turn into like a random variant that might completely suck feels good when you're like this, the spotlight caches are your lifeblood. Now they're everything for the account. So, so, so here's what I would do if it were up to me. Um, if you open a card that you already have, um, in addition to the premium variant, uh, 500 to 1000 collectors took you like an extra, Big. Maybe like a thousand collectors tokens, right? It's still only a sixth of a card. It wouldn't like ruin the economy. I that that's that's what I would do. Don't put on dupe protection, but give the give a thousand collectors tokens. I think the spot. I think the regular cash just need to roll back. I think that that just like you said, like it it, it is. It feels bad matters a lot, and it it does it it like just because it's good that. That uh, if if you roll the card that you wanted, then you technically got like a six thousand token yeah, value. Yeah, just be lucky. Just be lucky. If you're not lucky though, like if you ha if if you wanted Jean Grey, and it's really hard to get those those spotlight caches. They're like two hundred apart or something on the track, and like I said, they're harder. One twenty. Yeah. They're one twenty, and like I said, it's it, the track itself is way slower now. Especially if you're not buying thing, if you're not buying. I thought that there's more credits, so it's faster now. There's less credits, right? There's way less credits. I thought there's more credits. There's way less credits. It's between like 150 and 200 versus oh, okay. 100 to 600. 600? No yeah. way. There was never 600 credits. I think there were 600, or there was at least 500. There was definitely at least 500 because you could definitely open up a pack and just completely upgrade a card. Um. Anyway, we'll have to look into that. Anyway, I I think I agree with the rest of the community in that like there's a lot of like the rest of the caches now feel like a slap in the face. You can't there's just things that you can't do, I think, as a company, and I cannot believe that no one thought about the fact that opening 50 tokens is like a spit in the face completely when we used to get between 100 to 500 tokens and when when getting when using those tokens is generally between 5,000 and 6,000 tokens getting 50 of them when they're like when they're pretty hard to get like that is 
beyond so me. So the amount of uh, token change uh, is you used to get in the same amount of boxes 4,000, and now it's 3,700. So there is a 7.5% uh, decrease in the amount of credits you get on the track. Not overall, because that's not the primary source of credits, but on the track, there's a 7.5% decrease. Yeah, it, it feels terrible. Sad. Yeah, I, I I remember when the Spotlight Cash came out, the, the announcement for it came out, I think, around the time that we were recording the last podcast, and you're like, this is a way better system. I can't wait to see how the Marvel Snap community negatively reacts to this. And I think that, you know, there, there was an even split of people like, it's good, it's bad, it's this and that before it came out. And then I think now that it came out, I think it's almost generally entirely bad. And I, I, I say that because... It, the there was so much like negativity on Reddit and Discord that well on Discord they like had this short time where they removed like downvoting or something where so many people were complaining and hating things that like it just turned the Discord upside down. I think it is without a doubt the least favorable thing that Second Dinner has ever done, and that is what about Nexus events? Well, Nexus events was pre-launch and completely hated and thankfully they never did it again it's so it, next i mean like how how often does a company do something so bad that there is a title in the game you can earn that says i survived nexus events because they the community hates it so much that it is turned into an actual inside joke within the game i think that like there's there is like almost a chance that if they rolled this back or did something different that there would be like a, i i survive i got like like you know, the game is like almost self-referential with dumb things. I could almost imagine a title like I hate the 50 tokens or like I got 50, like, all I got was 50 tokens because of how bad this feels right now for the community. Yeah, people will talk about how bad it feels, but mathematically you still get more cards. So it's weird. Math yeah, not entire. I just, I don't feel, I, I think it mathematically you get more cards and it's better for you if you nail it easily. If, if you, you keep saying keep saying i feel but there's just numbers behind this right i mean how much i saved up like i had a ton of caches for a long time it's 120 you have to go up 120 collection collectors level ranks to get these the the spotlight caches it, they're fairly hard to save up and if you are trying to target something on a on a collect on a spotlight cache you can have to might you might have to open four do you know how hard it is to get 6000 credits under the same amount of uh, collection levels that it requires to get four spotlight caches, you got 5,000 collector's tokens. And that's not accounting for the fact that in spotlight caches, you could also just open other cards that you don't have. And you get the rare variants. So if you math this out, you are just getting more cards. You can open cards that you don't have, but you're generally just going to open the cards that you do have because there's not dupe protection. So it doesn't feel... That's that's not true because there's only a 25% chance of that happening. Oh, well, I mean, you could also... You could own the other card. You would get a variant. You could maybe not want to target a variant. Yeah, so then in that case, you're just getting the card that you wanted and you're getting variants. Whereas under the old system, you're getting 5,000 collector's tokens, right? Yeah. I don't know. So I, it, it, it's just, it is mathematically better. But yeah, it feels bad because you see the 50 uh, collector's tokens and that sucks. Or or, you, or you're or you going for Jean Grey or something, you're free to play, you barely have any of your 
you, you don't have that many spotlight uh, caches. It's very hard to go up the track, and then you get, you know, dupe of a card that you already have, and then it turns into, like, a split you don't, uh, a, a variant you don't want at all. And that is, like, a ton of work down the drain. And if you don't have enough spotlight caches to, like, tar, if you're, I guess it's just, like, the, you know, thing of, like, you're a gotcha free-to-play player where if you're really trying to, like, get something and you're like, hey, I have three spotlight caches, but I really want to get this new card, you can just, like, roll them out and not get anything, yeah, not get so, the card you so what's the So what's the alternative then? Because under the old system, if you don't have enough credits to buy, tokens to buy Jean Grey, then you're not getting Jean Grey either. And you're not going to open her out of a cache either. Because it's like the one in 4,000 chance or whatever, right? I don't know. I thought it was, like, like you know, it, it just still feels like it was easy. I, it feels like. Yeah, it, it feels. It's still, I, I, I thought it was pretty easy to save tokens and then miss the things that I didn't want. But You know why that we'll, is, right? We'll, it's because tokens have been around longer. We'll have to see. I think the thing we'll have to see is that how the economy works in, like, missing a week of spotlight cash like if there's a week that you're just you don't want to target anything in the spotlight caches if we're able to consistently save for things because then if there's you know a week or two in a row that you want things it's going to be really hard for even paid to win people like that people who are paying a lot um to even you know get the spotlight caches to be able to get i'm just banking them i'm i'm literally just yeah, banking yeah, them i'm banking them now too i'm not gonna open everything the... I don't care about the cards that are coming up. I don't care about Echo. I'm buying Legion with tokens. I don't care about Mirage. The next card I'm buying is X23. And then after X23, I'm not buying any cards until September, you know? And if I want to, like if I see a card, then I'll open caches. I'm going to, by the time that September rolls around, I'm going to have like 12 spotlight caches banked. We'll have to see how it shakes out. I do agree with a lot of people that it that it is not a great feeling system so far. I know. I, I yeah, think... they they gotta take fifty out. Take fifty, 50 out. Make it a hundred. Like 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 even making it like that digit change. They need to do it. Yeah. And honestly, they should back credit anybody who opened fifty collectors tokens. Upgrade that to a hundred. It's and, sad. And now only a hundred because it's a pit. It's a hundred is a pitiful number. Yeah, 50 is so sad. If 100 is a pitiful number, the idea of making it 50 is insane to me. Yeah. Like, and I understand that there was like some number crunching going on in the background where they realized like, this is the fair and responsible bull amount to give people, right? Like they had an analyst cook up that number, but they needed a psychologist in the room. Yeah. To be like, people are going to fucking hate this. I, yeah, I just don't get certain things like that where it's like, why, why wasn't this tested? Why, why, or, or that you know they always say that they play their game, that they don't get the free cards. Like they, they, they make a note of that. Like Ben Brode says that he doesn't just get every card that comes out. He, he just plays the game. So he has to save for things like regular people yeah, would so, or buy. So his things team that... is gonna, his team is gonna see that too because they experience it on live. It's you just know, weird. Why didn't they think that? When, when whoever was doing that wasn't just like. So okay, so we didn't. You didn't change the values of the things that cost tokens, but you changed the amount of tokens that you can get for free to play drastically. So like now, now like they're they're talking about it being exciting that they're going to try and start doing new like ultimate variants or that variants ultimate variants will have special unique effects. But at the same time, if you're you're like the old way was that you could save up pretty easily. Um, especially if you weren't interested in anything that month, 
and you you could free to play get a um an ultimate variant if that was something that you really really wanted to target and now it's just like you are not getting that you are not getting an ultimate variant anymore that's yeah. like completely out of the like variant the token shop the way that tokens exist now is like it is a money currency it is no longer a thing that you get while you're playing the game it is something that you specifically buy for money um yeah or with gold yeah which has also been like a good way to do things like if you're banking the gold that you get and then you end up buying like the um like the black panther bundle for example which is like uh 7500 gold so that would take um 10 weeks that's two and a half months of acquiring gold for free i think uh yeah 10 weeks of acquiring gold for free to buy the black panther bundle which would give you one series five card yeah spotlight caches spotlight like caches I like it. Love, love cracking open a box. Feels, I mean, the, the, the spotlight cash itself feels good. And I think that, uh, that if, if, if we're going by and we're talking about feelings, the spotlight cash itself feels good and everything else feels worse. And that yes. is not good. That is like not, a, I don't think that's a good thing because the spotlight caches are, like we've said before, it's a small, small aspect. Like you're not just like, you know, rolling in spotlight caches. So the fact that, everything else got worse at the same time even if like there's just big burst and a spotlight cash that like you might really get something cool and special um i think that like making everything else worse for it is like i don't i don't feel like that everything else had to die for this i wonder how this feels for a series three three players uh as they're going up the track and they're just like cracking open boxes if they find this uh to be exciting or interesting well i guess i guess well one thing that spotlight caches man we are talking about marvel snap but this is a crazy update and it is very fascinating to me and it's just a generally fascinating game to me but um correct me if i'm wrong but since every person is dealing with the same spotlight caches this does in fact mean that for the first time in marvel snaps history a person who is going through their pool three experience will be getting newly released cards right like they will right am i wrong no yeah, no, no no that's true that's, it, i mean it's a possibility or, or, they, well i i'm i'm not entirely sure how that works out because i don't know if spotlight caches appear on the track at they that do. at that point they if they if they do if spotlight pa- caches appear on the track even starting at the early levels like maybe I, they I can't think a thousand they can't appear in thousand. pool one so a thousand or whatever so like let's say spotlight caches start when you get into pool three that would mean yes. that for pool three players, um, it is the first time in like snap history where they can make decisions about what cards they're opening and that a new card can come out and that it isn't the way that it used to be where it's like you are, unless you are series like four complete and now you're just constantly series two complete. And you're we're also, yeah. And, and in the old system, you're also disincentivized from picking up new cards because everyone's like, the optimal way to do things is to make sure you have Thanos and Galactus and High Evolutionary. And only then should you think about opening cards like Jeff and Iron Lad. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. Um, right idea, maybe the wrong execution. We'll see. We'll see how this pans out. I'm sure that they're going to deliver a uh, soliloquy to us on uh, yeah. Thursday. We, we messed up. Here is 50 tokens in the mail to make it feel better. Um, uh, so... I have been playing uh, my gotchas. Go. I've been playing. I've been okay. playing my Honky Star Rail. I've been playing Honky Star Whales. Um, uh, uh, and are you a whale? Are you a star whale? 
I don't know what whale means anymore. Um, I had a disturbing moment because I thought, so I, everyone knows, um, if you, if you listen to the WTDG, if you're not a Fairweather fan, you know, Rob, of course, knows that I am a, I guess I would consider myself like, like I've seen like funny breakdowns of this, but there's like dolphins, there's whales, there's like guppies. It's like a guppy would be someone that's not free to play, but they're like, they'll spend maybe like $4 a month. They're like, hey, a, a really nice pack came out or something, or they just buy like whatever, um, you know, monthly pass it is or whatever. So, that, so you know, they're a little invested. Then there's dolphins and they're like, I'll buy things every once in a while. I'll buy like a a pack. Um, but I always thought of like, when I when, in video games, when I thought of whales, I always thought of a whale as someone who's just like, there's a new thing coming out. I'm buying it no matter what. No, but, sorry, that's a Leviathan. That's a Leviathan? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I guess I am a whale because because there was I saw a post recently that like I n- I never like I guess I never thought about this, but uh, like I'm at like collection level like ten thousand one hundred or something like that. And I oh, saw I was talking about a uh, honkai, but go on. Oh, I will. I, well, I mean, I'm talking about my general spending. Sure, um, sure, sure. Uh, and I saw a a post on the the uh, the snap subreddit, and someone was like. Uh, this this update is going to make me quit the game because I have FOMO. I buy everything that comes out, and um, I want to get all these variants, but I no longer can without spending like an absorbent amount of money. Um, and now I have to like actually finally settle for things, and I don't like the way that the system feels in general. And I feel like I want to quit. And he's like, "I'm ten thousand one hundred or something." And I was just like, "What?" I'm like, I I was actually like sitting on the toilet with my like eyes wide while like I was reading it, just like, "What? You're a whale." what like like so like like that's funny because i because like the first sentence like the, the the name of the title is like i'm a whale and i'm quitting the game so i'm like expecting to go into the the, yeah. the text and thing and like be like i'm rank i'm like collection level twenty thousand. i'm a whale and then it when hit for him to say like the same collector's level as me is like what what are you saying you're 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 specifically talking about me like this is not good um i'm an idiot i really am um, but and you were asking me if I'm a honkai whale. Um, if if it goes by honkai these, star whale, if a honkai star whale, if it, I guess if it goes by these metrics, yes, sort of. Like I'll I'll spend a hundred dollars to get a new character, and that's about as. I mean, like there there's it's I guess there's brutal, right? there's leviathans that would you I guess buy Zelda for that because there's um that's like what Zelda costs when when new characters come out like the way that it works is similar to I'm sure if you remember the way that Genshin works where there's they have things called um I guess I forget the, I think they're called echoes um uh and if you get one copy of the character you have the character and everything everything works fine no problems if you and then when you get an extra copy of the character you the dupes you put into the character up to six times after that so the seventh time you got a character um you you, the dupes add like a talent um that might modify things that might add like a passive ability to certain things. And, um, like a Leviathan might go for like, might spend thousands of dollars and get a E six is what they would call it of a character. Um, uh, that game. So we're coming up to like the first, first major patch, um, where there's going to be finally some new story content. I finished the, the, the story content in the game and I'm just so in love half the time with this game. Like I, I, what you like that? Uh, that the new story is coming out. Yeah, you're into it. You like oh the story? yeah, the the new characters have been coming out have been really fascinating, really interesting. Right down my right up my alley for 
the way that I want kits to be. And I've been like wanting these types of characters for so long. Um, the one of the most recent characters that came out, I think, is just like so cool. It's this like blonde, long-haired, elegant traveling swordsman with like a rapier who drags a coffin around. I mean, there's so much like that immediately goes into the character design that is just like enticing to me. Um, and then the way his kit works is that he is the he has the highest base attack in the game, but he's a healer that scales off of attack. So he's just like. You know, like, it's just, like, this interesting kit where he's, like, trying to do damage, and um, as he's playing, he's, like, he puts up a field where whenever your allies attack, they get healed based on the attack. So, like, you know, his attack, that's the way his attack is on, like, kind of, like, going, is um, kind of, like, factoring into that. So the character designs have been great. I think the community has been loving it overall, and they also had, like, a lot of, they've had they've had some, like, generally pretty well-received um, updates there was this crazy, like, interesting, really weird um, out-of-left-field update where they added this, like, massive month-long minigame where you ran a museum. And the way that the museum worked was, like, this sort of, like, Animal Crossing-y, um, uh, directory kind of, like... It, 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 it hit a different part of my brain that was really weird. Um, the, the way that it would work is that um, you would try and go out in the world and find exhibits for the museum that would, and then upgrade the museum to like open up more slots to put exhibits and then different like influential characters in the game. You could get them to be like tour guides. And it was all this like weird stuff um, about running this museum that was just totally bizarre, but um, fantastic. So well done. So cool. And um, it was also set in place, um, like I talked before about kind of how Honkai works, where there's these biomes, so the first area was this, like, uh, planet that is taken over by an infinite winter, and you help stop this, like, infinite winter, kind of, and because things are better on the planet, um, uh, the whole idea was that, like, the planet is now recovering from it, and they're gonna open up a, one of the characters you know wants to open up a museum to talk about the like, sordid past of this, like, the horrible rulers, the horrible times they went through, all the, the, the really terrible... Sounds negative. Sounds like Reddit. ...things that they had to do. Um, so, uh, well, it was just like a... I guess it was like a, just a dark time in this planet's history, and they're, like, opening up a museum to be like, this was the dark time, and, like, now... I survived uh, Nexus yeah, events. I survived Nexus events, so now all the, like, the younger kids would be able to look at it and be like wow, there used to be a time where there was no food, all this rationing, um, people were dying of the cold, there was the infinite winter, and all these things, and, like, these aren't problems anymore. Um, and then, so, so not only was it, like, positioned as this cool bow on top of the whole arc that took place at that time, but um, it was, like, this whole thing of getting to see all the characters over again, and, like, what are they doing? Um, and what are they up to after the Nexus events? So... It was great. I'm glad you're digging it. I am. I am digging it. Any other gotchas? Um, gotta play my Nikkei's. Um, Nikkei Uh-oh. is so funny for constantly... I, I think a lot of times I mention it, I say why it's good from a non-horny uh, standpoint is that mm. the, uh, the, the writing is... At least it's like very well-paced and brisk and yeah. uh, does some good things. 
Um, but the other thing that Nikkei just seems to do all the time is like really bum you out and do things that you like don't expect a gotcha to have the confidence to do. So the current event is this event where there's a new cat girl um, gotcha. Ooh, of course, of course there's a cat like girl. That? And um, the event, the story that comes with it is the event is the story of a shitty couple that got bored of their cat after it turned into a after it wasn't a kitten anymore and they threw it out in the rain and the cat got sick and the uh the the whole event is um you and the cat girl who can speak to the cat are taking the cat around to enjoy its life now that it was abandoned by its owners and uh that it kind of got like got like pneumonia from being left out in the rain and it dies oh the cat dies Wow. It's messed up. You like that? You like it's so story? messed up. And it is like such a bummer for the community because people weren't expecting this. And it just dies at the end. And it is so sad. And there's like the final moments of the cat is that it is getting sick. And it, it's how cats die is that they usually go near... Uh, they separate themselves from people. And they go near heaters um, to like... Because they aren't preserving their heat well anymore. And they just kind of, like, sleep a lot. And um, the uh, cat, like, kind of goes, like, in its last moments, goes back to the garbage dump that it was left in, abandoned by its owners, and, like, cries itself to death. And as someone who has, like, lost a cat, it was one of the, it was the most disturbing gotcha story I've ever read uh, and... It was really, it was definitely really weirdly upsetting in my horny, uh, jiggling game to 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 have a whole thing about a cat passing away. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's really weird. weird. It's that is that is like I that is Nikkei. That, like Nikkei is has since its inception been um, giving you the the on the one hand is the like oh it's fun and it's for you know, like it's one of the most you know fan servicey gotchas ever released and you're that you you are piloting a team of met girls that are for whatever reason like half naked and jiggling around while they're shooting and then the story is like completely another pacing is like really disturbing a lot of times and covers like a lot of suicide ideation and uh psychological problems and schizophrenia and um, all these like medical problems and death and uh, you know like all these like upsetting things like children soldiers and not being able to uh, you know like live out your childhood due to sickness or death and uh, it's like really messed up like it, it it's really weird and I I, I I think that is the intention is that they're like oh we're you know we're doing this really fan servicey baity um, game. And that, like, they're, at the same time, they're like, you know, it would be crazy if we can go really dark for the stories. And I've been playing gotchas for so long, for, like, over 10 years. And usually, not usually, like, all the time, gotcha stories are really afraid to get dark. And they're really afraid to, like, ever kill characters. Because it just is kind of the way things work. It's, like, almost this weird... Well, you can't kill a character that someone's pulled. That someone's pulled, right? So it kind of... Gotchas, you, like, like I've played so many gotchas, and gotcha stories are always super safe. And the, and the, even the way that, like, you know, like, it does this anime shonen thing where the main enemies of the gotchas, like, 
you'll usually like fight them and then they become your best friends. And then they're like, you know, you were right. I was wrong. And now I'm chilling with you guys because they, those characters have to come back for dialogue because like if they're fan favorite favorites, they have to keep showing up in stories. They have to show up in side stories. They have to show up all the time and fans want to see their favorite characters over again. And as gotcha writers, I feel like they're afraid to do dark things. They're afraid to make a dark thing happen, and they're afraid to like kill off characters. And because of that, they're afraid of finality. And similar to um, a you know previous to like maybe like a Game of Thrones, you're watching TV and you're like you know all my favorite characters are safe. They they don't die. Um, they have storylines to tell. The, the the writers wouldn't kill them. And then you know something like Game of Thrones comes out where they're they they kill you know your favorite character. They kill Oberyn, and it's like, wait, hold on. They, they were building this character up, and he's gonna die like that. Like, what? What's what's going on? Like, I'm, I, I'm kind of like taken aback because you guys didn't, you know, write it in like this was gonna be possible. And this game is doing that all the time, and it makes you know, like, for good writing because they're not afraid of finality. They're not afraid to to make a story end or make a character die, and. It, it like it, it makes it like one of the better written gotchas on that on that you know note alone because they are just able to do these things they're able to like tell these like stories that are that are like I, I don't know about a gotcha in the past that has talked about suicide but but like uh, in the way that this game has but or depression or anxiety or um, like neurosis and mental problems and mental health in in like a way that this gotcha like gets to every once in a while, like, slow down and say something serious in, like, a bizarre way. Uh, I mean, I think for a lot of people, at the end of the day, they're just like, well, you're not allowed to do that in the story when you have the rest of this, um, you know, the set dressing is, is like, you know, disgusting. It's like, I, I think anyone is well within their right to be like, this is, you know, a disgusting um like weird perverted set dressing um but th so then it's weird for them to try and tell these dark stories at the same time but um i don't know is that video games that's video games i'm sweating wow pop the molly i'm sweating i do this for the fans you know so that when i, I don't I'll, get it so that when i listen back to it um next time maybe i'll try a sock i'll uh sock or just it. get a or just get, get a, a real dampener pop yeah Maybe I'll get that with um uh, for I'll I'll get a birthday present for myself, get a dampener, and then I'll be able. You no, know, to... uh, com. You could go there and look at all the episodes. You can find us on Twitter at sign wtdgpodcast. We gotta move to some new social media sites. Threads. And you find us Threads. on. You find us on your your Spotify or your other RSS. You know. You We're on TikTok. Like, uh, do a thumb up on the show or whatever. We're on Threads. We're on that. We're on those those media sites. The new one that you haven't even heard of yet. We're on. We're on Grinder. We're on Grinder. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> we're on, we're on. We're, that's our. There, there's our. That's our big fan base. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know it. Uh, just listening to the the podcast. But our our. That's where our biggest fan base comes from. The biggest. Fan which is base. why we're always pandering to the gays. There you go. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thank you, James. That's it. Go home. Bye. Bye.